0: everybody and welcome to words over whiskey episode 19 i am your host henry and i am delighted to be joined by my very first guest on this podcast and just to add a bit of confusion in there his name is also tom so (laughs) please give a warm welcome to my good friend tom thanks for having me henry yeah, we're just we're gonna to have to refer to um other co-host Tom as just other Tom if we ever refer to him throughout the rest of the episode. So he yes, is other sure. Tom, and you are just Tom for the time. Whilst team. I'm here, I'm Central Tom. You're Central Tom. So we have Central Tom and Other Tom. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, I, I'm so glad that we finally got round to this because it's been in in the books for a while that we would get round to doing this.
1: It's been it's been pending for for years i'd like to say
0: yes so a uh, bit of background on tom he is our wonderful graphic designer who designed our logo for the podcast so if you ever wondered how we got such a fancy sexy design for that logo yeah, we have this man to thank and also he is uh run of his own youtube channel and his own twitch stream so tom would you like to give us a little bit of background on that
1: Sure. So I'm a graphic designer. I'm a well, actually, I'm a user interface designer. I've been doing obviously Henry's graphics, uh, as you said. I stream at Twitch.tv slash The Green Wheel, and that is also the name of my YouTube channel. So I do playthroughs, tutorials of complicated uh, indie games, like Oxygenot included, Don't Starve Together. I am also doing currently a playthrough on Vermintide. We've just done the the full DLC, and we're about to start our Halo Master Chief collection. So all of the all of the old golden Golden games from way back when
0: oh nice I didn't realize about the halo one i'd seen your uh like your I, i've been watching the uh Valheim series and oh, the yes and the um oh, the bat the battlefront two montages are absolutely yeah. hilarious to me i just it, it, they're shorter it is, but man. I just Thanks. find them absolutely <laughs> hilarious so definitely definitely go check
1: them out. <laughs> There's a there's a there's a montage coming out in the next two weeks of all of my clips from past videos and future videos. So you know it's it's actually very I I laughed embarrassingly watching my own video. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, they 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 always put a smile on my face. So I'll be I'll put a link to both your YouTube channel and the Twitch channel in the description if people are Amazing. interested in checking that. I highly recommend you do because. They, they never fail to make me laugh. Um, so yeah, go check those out. Right, so it isn't a Words Over Whiskey episode without whiskey, and I am joined by a whiskey novice, aren't I, Tom? You're not really... Uh... I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> so, on the previous episode, me and other Tom had been discussing our very first whiskeys. Sure. And uh, Glenfiddich 12 was one of the uh, i think it was the earliest whiskey i ever tried and one of the earliest ones i ever remember like trying hence so you didn't do jack daniels before this seriously nope nope what i wow i'm in the
1: presence of a pro like
0: (laughs) so so you're like you're like other tom where jack daniels was his first whiskey yeah i remember that That was his first
1: too wasn't it yeah i i I think my first, and actually, oh man, it, it, I don't want to say only because I know you forced me to have a couple of different varied whiskies over the years in different strange and wonderful settings. I think one of them had a cigar or two involved, but I don't remember the names. I don't even remember what shape bottle they're from. So as far as I'm concerned, the only actual whiskey I've ever tried is Jack Daniels. So yes, I'm a novice.
0: I think I have made you try a glen before on a night out really and i think pretty sure you shot at it you had just like knocked it back and i was like <laughs> was no. this when we were
1: in crawley i think i remember you having a go at me i think i remember this
0: yeah i think i was like dude that's not the way to enjoy whiskey and you're like nah. what well? no nah, that's
1: wrong <laughs> okay well yeah this is what i'm holding in my hand as well isn't it it's, uh, so so yeah 12. i think you
0: have I think I have given you a glass of Glenfiddich before, but granted that was quite a few years ago now. Yeah, yeah, Now, here is the time to properly appreciate whiskey. Um, How do I do it? Okay, so Glenfiddich, uh, like I said, the first whiskey I ever tried. It's a very... It's kind of a lot of people's introduction whiskey, I would say. Often, like, I think it's a joke, is that their parents would have a dusty bottle under the stairs and everything. Ironically, (laughs) the way I i first tried it but i ended up really enjoying whiskey from it but so we're going to uh open our bottles okay pour it now? into the glass yep pour it into your glass oh you got one of the little sample bottles haven't you we haven't got the satisfying cork pop this time i'll have to <laughs> add in a post post edit but, do, do I have uh, to yeah, I, like, I,
1: pour it into the edge, or does it just go? I, I, is there a? Am I thinking too much into this?
0: You, you're thinking. T- just, just pour it into the glass.
1: Oh, okay, pour it into the glass. <laughs> right. Okay.
0: Okay. But don't, don't take a drink straight away. Take a moment. Sure. Okay. Got it. Got it ready.
1: Yep. Ready. Yep.
0: Okay. So what, what we do, we do first is we do a smell test. Okay. So don't, don't shove your nose into the glass straight away. Oh, that's but, what I did. Oh, I'm good, dear. I'm good, right. Okay. okay, so... So, a little a little bits away from the glass, take a sniff, and then move it a bit closer, a bit more, kind of waft it in front of your nose, and if you waft want, just put it right in there,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and take, a, take another sniff.
1: Right. And then that sort of take it back, and mind. then kind
0: of let it waft in front of your nose, because if you, the thing is, if you go straight in all you're going to get is the alcohol and that's what exactly what you did where you're like, Oh, this is horrible. You sure. want to kind of waft it in front to get a nice bit of smell and to almost warm your nose up to it.
1: Oh, yeah. interesting. Okay. Right. On that last big inhale you had me do, I actually yeah. did. I did smell a warmth. You're right.
0: So that's the thing. Like if you, if you go straight in with it, all you're going to get is the alcohol and you're just going to be like, Oh, that's horrible. Which I think which is a lot of, what a lot of people do. Because if you take the time and you gradually approach the glass, I, f- I find that you can get more flavours from it.
1: Right, okay. Well, I don't know what flavours I'm looking for. So I'm appreciating this new smell I found, but I don't know how to describe it. it can you okay. show me Show me how it's done?
0: Okay, so would you say you're appreciating it so it's not as harsh as when you first Oh, 100%. It I'm actually smelling
1: so sh- taste. What? You know, like, yeah, I'm smelling flavors. something other than... You know, floor polish. Like the genuinely. Good. I, I Good. smell yeah, I smell flavours.
0: So like a, a a lot of the flavours described in whiskey, there's uh there's grain, there's malt, there's uh fruit cake, honey, um fruit, apple, floral, there's so on the nose, I get a bit of grain, a bit of malt, and a slightly florally sweet scent okay whereas you're just getting whiskey as other tom would also say what i kind of get the floral yeah. i kind of get that yeah. that that is there it's got a good at least you're getting something because whenever whenever i ask other tom he's just like i'm um, just like what do you smell and he's just like whiskey i'm like yes i know
1: it's really difficult to describe because like all right i'm a, I'm a pretty simple man right and my my you <laughs> know my meals are simple my my desires are simple, so being able mm. to source back into my life experience and go, oh yeah, I know, I know that malted taste is is mm. not, you know, it's not, it's not in my skill bank. <laughs> but I do appreciate that there is a that there is flaw there. That's something I can definitely get.
0: There isn't just the harsh harshness that you and yeah. so many other people say. Oh oh, it just it smells like alcohol. You no have no, sure to take sure, a, of course, I totally get. Take that. a moment to appreciate. Um, but yeah, uh, even myself, it's taken a few years to build up a, a sort of a, a palette palate in a way. Like I, mm, I, I'm mm. still, I'm I would still consider myself a, a, well, not a novice, but I am still learning so much about whiskey. But I love sure, learning you're about it in
1: training. It. I guess you're always going to be in training. It's a it's a skill that needs to be honed.
0: Exactly, and it's only now that I can sort of recently begun to put names to the smells and the flavors, but. That yeah, is yeah, part yeah. of the reason I love trying different whiskies because I will get yeah, totally. a different experience each time. Okay, so that's enough of the smell test. Let us oh, go. I'm into this now. Right, <laughs> Let's go for a flavour test. Now, Tom, I'm going to yep. tell you now, don't shot this. Take uh, just a little bit, swill know. it around your mouth, under your tongue, and then give it a swallow it and tell me what you think.
1: Okay. Well, I mean, my obvious reaction is that was sharp. It's alcohol. <laughs> um. Okay. Well, I hoped I was going to pick up something, some kind of flavor that I could sample from, but I don't think I don't think I was able to.
0: I have have another again. little bit. Hold yeah, it in your again. mouth. Okay. Hold it. Swill it under your tongue, around your mouth, and then swallow. And let it linger, and then tell me what you think.
1: Tensions palpable. I'm so sorry, Henry. I actually have nothing here. I I genuinely hoped I'd have some more, some more insight. Sorry. Would you Would you say it's smooth at least? Are they going down? It's not like burning or anything. Oh right, sure, okay. Well, it's certainly um. Well, it, I wouldn't say it's burning, but it's warm.
0: Yes, it's warming, but it's it's quite it goes down smoothly. Yeah, I, it I does. would describe it, it as sort... It's it's nice and light. So Glenfiddich Twelve is an unpeated whiskey. If I were to have if I was to have got you to sample a peated whiskey, you would be getting like a lot of smoke and right. peat right now. So you would def- you'd definitely be picking up on those flavours. So this I'm... is a, in
1: terms of like actual fluid consistency, this is a lighter, this is a, this is a lighter beverage, right? Correct? No,
0: it's, 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 it's a descriptor in a way. Right. So... Okay. So
1: we're not talking about physical consistency of the, of the no. drink. We're talking, okay. Flavour. I understand. We're talking yep. sort
0: of like lighter flavours, floral, your uh um floral, uh fruity sort of flavours. Sure. Whereas um in the previous episode we had a Glen Scotia which was almost sea salty and briny in flavour and we've had uh other Whiskeys like Bermore which were uh, peaty and smoky, so this is like the diverse range of whiskies that you can try. Sure, sure, they each have uh distinct flavors. So, this one is a sort of as an introductory wh- whiskey, I think it's good because it's smooth, it's light, it's sort of floral and grainy, and a little bit of oak in there. It's quite a nice, smooth introduction. Whereas, if I was to pour someone like a really peaty whiskey, I don't know, like a an islay whiskey um and they just get hit with a smoke bomb
1: it's, oh i see Right, it's like,
0: okay. oh! it'd be like oh blimey that's yep. suffocating so in sense. almost sure. unless you're kind of used to it or you particularly like that flavor so it's
1: so it should really for you know for being a novice i should have purchased a variety of options shouldn't i to have then been able to compare that
0: that would have been smart I think if, if, you're, if you're interested in getting into whiskey, I highly recommend you try a variety to find out what you do and don't like. So sure, myself... well, I'm just
1: hoping I don't bugger this podcast up, because if I don't, <laughs> then I might be here again. <laughs>
0: I'll be able to use yes. the rest of the we'll, sample we'll, bottle. We'll get you to try a uh, really smoky one next time and see if it blows your head off. So in the future, maybe I'll I'll, I'll set out a sample array for you with a few whiskies, and we'll get your... Take on those good but but uh yeah, so for me i it's a nice fr- sort of light whiskey it's It's quite nice to have to have again I haven't had a glenvidic twelve for quite a while now, and i'm actually it's been a been a while, and I'm actually really quite enjoying it, so for on the nose for me, it's kind of grainy and florally, but slight sweetness on the palate it's light and smooth, a bit floral, finish is a bit oaky, but with a hint of fruit. It's slightly a tad oily but no quite really Oh really that nice that was
1: beautiful to listen to
0: thank you can you do it um, again <laughs> <laughs> probably not in the exact same way see order. i i'm in
1: the presence of a pro definitely you say you're in training but that sounded professional no
0: i, I this is quite really really quite nice to have after a while i haven't had a glenphidic in a while so i'm really i'm really excited in the future for us to get a few more Glenfiddicks on because i have never had i've only ever had a Glenfiddick 12 i've never had any of their other range
1: so i think with other there are big differences between the other options out there
0: <sighs> so this is the great thing about whiskey is that you can go to the same brand you can go to a Glenfiddick And you can have the 12 and you can have the 15 or you can have older or you can have um, and there will be changes in the flavor. But then there are other things. Really. There's other things called like cask finishes where they will age the barrel or age the whiskey or finish it in different types of um, barrels. And that, again, will impact the flavor. So an example is you might um, be aging a whiskey in a barrel. Uh, For a number of years, but then, like, in its last year that you mature it in the barrel, uh, you swap it into uh, an old sherry cask. So, What? uh, Yes. And that adds a whole new complexity to the flavour. Well, I'll be damned. And it changes it. So, yeah, this is just, like... Another thing that affects the flavour of whisky. In my
1: ignorance, I didn't think it was as complicated, but it certainly is.
0: And that's like uh, another example is in Scotland, there are five different whiskey producing regions and each of them kind of have their own case study of different flavours. So the, um, the one we had last episode, the Glen Scotia, is a Campbelltown whiskey, and they're known for their sort of briny, salty, uh, smoky whiskies. Yeah, Whereas yeah, if you yeah. go to <clears throat> somewhere like Space they're more floral or uh, caramelly and uh, nutty flavors. So right. yeah, even even depends on the on the region that they're made in, and yeah, that's that's why I just find it such a fascinating subject, and I'm constantly trying to learn more because it, it so is such a diverse.
1: So can you name mm-hmm. the five places in? Where, where was it? Where was it? Scotland. Scotland. I want to say Scotland. Yeah, Scotland. In Scotland, that the the, the whiskey's made in alphabetical order, preferably.
0: Oh. <laughs> uh, okay. You, I can I can name all five. You're testing me on the alphabet, alphabetical order. Okay. No worries. Yeah. Go name all five. We'll we'll sort it out later. Uh, so you have got Campbelltown, which is one of the smallest regions because there used to be thirty distilleries and now there are only three. Um. Uh, you're testing my alphabet here. I'm going A B C D E F.
1: <laughs> I've got faith in you, buddy. You can do this.
0: Uh, Isle Lowlands. Oh no! I realise I fucked up already. No, no, no! Keep going, keep going. I don't care. Bring it home. High- Highlands and Spayside. So yeah, I would, I would usually say Lowlands, Highlands, Spayside, uh Campbellton and Isle. But I realised I well fucked up the alphabetical
1: order. Well done, and oh, no, I'm impressed. I'm honestly impressed. Well, we'll get a fact check. We'll get like a, a ding for the correct answers. And a...
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, usually, once we've done our whiskey tasting, which yep. that took a little bit longer than I expected, but it was very enjoyable. I enjoyed that. I
1: learned stuff. Oh, no, I, I really enjoyed that. To that. Yeah. <laughs>
0: uh, good, good, good. Cheers. Um, we always follow that by a little bit of whiskey t- trivia. And that is just like a little fact that I've gone and found about whiskey. Oh. Uh, now, this isn't, it could be about the making or the distribution or just a fun fact about whiskey. Yep. Now this isn't necessarily about the making of whiskey, but I came across this fact uh, when I was doing a bit of research. And it, I just thought it was a bit fun. So, in 1956, whiskey replaced William in the NATO Phonetic Alphabet. So it's not a fact about the production of whiskey, or the making of it, or the distribution oh, of sorry, it. of
1: course. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, like, so Bravo, whiskey, yeah, Alpha, I yeah. get it, whiskey. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, wow. like, Whiskey, Tango, Foxtrot, Whiskey. What year was that? Uh, 1956. Wow. Oh, why? Do you, do you know why? I, I'm guessing it was because William... Possibly because William was... Or William is quite a common name. So maybe they didn't want to get it mixed up with. Oh, we've... Like, I'm guessing is it's NATO that's involved in like armed forces. If they're having to say someone was injured and they were like, oh, it's William or it's Williams. Oh
1: yeah, you're less likely to have someone's last name be whiskey, right? Correct. Yeah, sure. And I suppose it does sound very unique. I don't know. Like William could be, it could be other things. Like the authors of my head, I can't think of what William could be. Mm. This whiskey's gone straight to my head. But the whiskey that is that's quite unique.
0: It was like, yeah, in the rest of the alphabet, you've got Romeo, Juliet. Who do you know who's called Romeo or Juliet nowadays? Yeah, no no one. Hotel, Foxtrot. Mm. So, we've covered the whiskey. Yep. And now, often, we talk about books on this podcast. Now, Tom, you have a book that you would like to introduce for a special reason. I'm very excited. Would you please go ahead and explain your connection and the background of this
1: book? Okay, so this month we're going to be reviewing N- Night Duty West End, and it's actually written by my dad. Here's the, here's the book. So it's available for pre-order now on Amazon. Go and have a look, check it out. I'm sure that there'll be some kind of affiliate link at somewhere. Yeah, so the book itself covers Kath and her, well, a week in Night Duty uh, West End London, really. So uh it, it uh, it's a very interesting book. It covers the covers police brutality, it covers sexism. It doesn't dabble so much into racism, but it does touch on the subject here and there, uh, appreciates that, that 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 was a problem back then. The story is told from Kath and her perspectives on what happens around her during these this one week in a night duty shift, I guess. So she encounters quite a few problems uh including which which i found very interesting the uh the officers being uh drunk on shift which led to the possible harm of a pc worker by their lack of response during a problem uh the book also covers some very difficult conversations about whether policing back then was better than policing well policing now Whether the differences in the policing styles would have produced better outcomes then or, you know, if it was done more like it is today, or if the scrutiny that officers are being put under from their actions back then are fair now and if um, policing now should be done in a more uh, ad hoc way uh, like it could have been done back then. So one of the examples that is explained in the book, one of the scenes, I think it's uh, very early on, I think it's uh, around page 21, where... Because there has been mistreatment towards the police, the uh, police officers have gathered together uh, as a unit to mistreat the prisoners as they've arrived uh, at the station. I guess when they are there, their sleeves are rolled off, uh, so their sleeves are rolled up, their ties are off, and their hats and tunics left by the pool table by the backs of the chairs to welcome the prisoners. So you know there are some very interesting tropes in the book that look at uh, whether this action is fair and just you know mistreating the prisoners to to teach them a lesson and uh it it makes the audience question whether or not these actions are going to fix the problem if they're going to make it worse in the in you know back then and it also references modern day where people are actually being brought up on these on these um decisions they've made in their in their job so yeah that's 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 what the book's about it's a very good book I read it in, I think, two settings. Relatively short, 140, I
0: think, four pages? Let me just check. Yeah, 144, I think. Yeah, so, so this is your, your dad's first book. So it's Night Duty West End by David O'Kane. Yes, it is, yeah. Um, to, to his, his first book, and yeah, I agree. Like you, I, I read it very quickly. I think I read it in, like, a few, a few days in between uh, work shifts and you're right it kind of it it is a story of this character over the course of a week and how she's going through her her night duty as a police officer and it what i really liked about this book is just the the diversity that i don't think we as the public realize that the police have to face it on yeah sure sure on one night she was uh, dealing with a drunk and disorderly uh that uh, another night the, she was the character was dealing with uh like a, a homeless person who was ranting and raving and causing trouble and then there was uh, a bur- a burglary uh there was a a break into a car uh another drunk and disorderly but which was completely different to the first one there were fights yeah. there was yeah. and like you said there was problems within the police itself um and it's interesting because your because your dad himself was in the police. Uh, I will say now that it, the book itself uh, does say that it isn't based off any real life characters. Everything is a work of fiction. But awesome. you you can you can tell that your dad was a police officer because but of course it says it in the book, but at the same time, there's a lot of police jargon in there, and there's oh, a my lot...
1: word. Yeah. I actually wrote some of them down like CTC IRB. Um, I can't even read my shorthand here, but I, I wish I wish I had civvies and, uh, like as in your, your civilian clothes. So yeah, there's yeah. this loads. There's so much. I even ran out of space on my sticky note when I, when I was writing them down. <laughs> but
0: yeah, I really like how you see just how much almost chaos in a way that Police officers have to deal with, and uh speaking from myself, I have a uh, I have a friend, an old flatmate of mine, who is now in the police service, and just the amount of stuff that, because he doesn't go into too much detail, but you can tell he's con he's constantly busy. Like it is a very demanding job, and this book just demonstrates it so well that even oh yeah, for sure.
1: There's actually a snippet I like to read about about that. Go ahead. So, um, on page fifty-two, it says policing was different. The experiences that officers had in their careers were usually of seeing and dealing with grief, harm, anger, blood, and tears on a daily basis. These experiences they saw or dealt with in one year of their careers usually far exceeded many years in the public's normal lives. Which I think is, I think is pretty accurate given the yeah the 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 one week that we have in this book and the as you said the the qu- the sheer quantity of weird and wonderful things that happen to to Kath yeah
0: mm, I, I think i think that i think that's the thing we don't appreciate as the well i don't think we even really think about it it's just the general public is that we as the public compared to people who are in our services be it police ambulance fire or even the armed forces we do not nearly see as many atrocities or the dark side of humanity as probably they do and sure
1: it's a sheer test of will isn't it i mean uh yeah the the one of the, the there is a passage i don't actually remember where it is i'm afraid i i haven't sticky noted but i have several hundred of them it talks about how people deal with it uh as in mm-hmm. like the stresses of the job and i guess also that's part of the Tropes in it of the of the book is drinking. That's quite a large. That comes up quite a large. I mean, uh, uh, it comes up in large quantities. Is what I'm trying to say, uh, drinking is a or was. I'm I'm gonna guess from the from the book, quite a large problem. It for for policing back then. Like the smell of it was was in many of the day shifts and working yeah. on you know night duties. The pressures that come from Maybe the unsociable hours, possible, you know, grotesque nature of the job itself, mm. even the the manhandling of people would lead people to to drink, I guess, and um, drinking on the on the job, even driving as well, within the force, the 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 date set in the book, is actually it's shunned because the rules are changing and they they're teaching the new cadets, including Kath, where uh drink driving is causing these problems you know like a direct issue of the driver as in the driver being involved in the crash the driver getting hurt but also the the spill on effects to to whoever's caught up in these accidents um uh, that that was also mentioned in the book as well so uh, it's it's interesting
0: that's within the first chapter where uh spoilers for the book but she um she she stops a drunk driver and it's yeah. he's trying to play it off and just like, oh come on, come on, darling, let me off. It's just, it's just a one offence. But it's like she knows from what the time she's seen in the academy, and what other police officers have seen as to yeah. how much damage a drunk driver can cause. And it's often that often that they actually survive the crash, but someone they've crashed into ends up being the one being killed, and they were there innocently just on their way home, and they're the Mentally. one who has to pray the price for someone else's stupid mistake.
1: Totally agree. Back then sexism was awry in the police more than it is today and one of the aspects of the book that, that reflects back on the changes from then and now is the fact that Kath is commissioner in the present day and she is at the end of each of these chapters reviewing back on her life and this week is what she's remembering, I guess, is this... One of, I'm guessing it's one of her first night shifts. One of the sections it, in the book talks about, was it actually? Am I, am I correct? I, I, think, I
0: think it implies that it's quite, it's quite it implies she's very young. Like she's only like 18, 19. It's yeah. in, suggested that this, cause I think it said she like started the, she was in the cadets early on and she went to the police college at like 17, 18. So yeah, I think sure. it, it's, yeah, it's, it's implied in the book that she is very young and she, does this duty on page 79, main
1: character Kath is with a group of other women PCs and women sergeants, and they're waiting to raid a, a nightclub. And she actually she falls asleep and she gets a penis drawn on her face and lipstick. And uh the, the section in the book talks about how the you know the card games that the the women were were, were having and the, the jokes and the banter that were being shared were also quite harsh. So I appreciate how david has uh included both sides of the story like we obviously we understand it is without a shadow of a doubt that it was a male dominated job still is mostly a male job dominated job less so now but predominantly back then with women Mm -hmm. being called um oh actually wrote it down
0: plonk plonk plonks wasn't it Plonks, was the derogatory term in its way of course yeah i think it was like because she was a probationary officer it was like plonks and probs or something like that wasn't it but it, it it's interesting you said that because I, I have two slightly divergent questions go for it uh sure from from that so well one's one's more of an observation than a question but they'll kind of lead on to is exactly what you said it was so <clears throat> interesting in a way to see these sort of uh flash or flash forwards in a way to where she is commissioner and the police force has changed. It's just in the writing, it was just like she would never have been able to achieve a position like that until now. And then there were certain things in the text, whereas the flashbacks to the 1980s, where it's talking about the other police officers were smoking inside and there was like a haze of smoke in the room. Oh yeah. you, yeah, yeah. you, You can't, you can't even imagine that now. In the like, 21st century, it, it, yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, w-
1: within our lives, smoking was banned, but I yeah. mean, just like I I can just remember it, <laughs> you know, barely. <laughs> um, I, I've grown up with it, so you know, for us, it's interesting. It really That's is the interesting. Thing, I
0: can't, I can't, I can't remember smoking not being uh, outside, and if I'm honest, yeah, where I
1: have remembered it, it's been, you know, the furthest recesses of my mind, like as as far back as I can possibly remember, anyway, I think the one of the most important parts of the book is and i I know you have another question so i'm sorry I did cut you off at the end No, go ahead uh when when Kath is involved on one of her last days of her of her night duty shift that's the word I was searching for earlier shift she um she's called to uh help one of her colleagues who is basically needs help urgently. And she's sprinting through the streets of Soho in this um, scene. And uh, when she gets there, she sees a gentleman who is ill-equipped. So he has a, a baton and it, you know, it's written here that it is literally useless in more than one occasions. It's, it's written that that, uh, that they wouldn't really have done much. The women's being shorter than the males and, you know, phallic phallic comments being made about these... um these pieces of tools and equipment but just because of their nonsensical nature i guess their, their lack of use so this man is stranded and his radio is hanging by his waist he's called for backup but the radio is completely filled with chatter and just bullshit basically and he gets a he he he's attacked but he's he's okay he's he ends up being alright when they go back to the station house they realize that the people who were supposed to be manning the radios were were drunk and they were drunk because they were drinking the alcohol that had been confiscated from a raid now mm. uh, the reason why I talk about this is because in the very last section of the book i think it's the superintendent he arrives at the station and observes this chaos and i really appreciate how the book it sets shows that tone shift yeah all my days does it it, does, it does shows well. that the sense of of i have fucked up like they knew what they were doing was wrong yeah Throughout the whole book, there's been questions of the uppers, you know, being like, oh, I want, you know, it's wrong to arrest people for their drink driving. You know, some some just don't believe it. And that, again, sucks. Or, or it was, yeah, I think it was saying, like, is it wrong to arrest another copper? And but, that's it. Yeah, that too. Of course, yeah. that too. They, they were, you know, is it wrong to arrest another copper? And is it wrong to actually arrest for drink driving? Some just don't believe in it. They don't believe in that being a, a, a criminal okay. offence it's a waste of their
0: time but of, of but, course it is in a way because of the of danger course. it poses to public yeah totally
1: i totally is not no dispute in my mind and it shouldn't be in anyone else's for you know for for it being it being wrong but my point is they knew they had fucked up because the superintendent was out the door was having a go with them was telling them off they had nothing to say of course they couldn't rank uh, rank aside they knew i like that i like that they showed it at the end of the book that they knew it was wrong. They've always known it was wrong. They always knew it was in in the wrong to drink on the job, to be drunk during their shifts, whether driving or not. It's wrong. So I appreciated that. I really did. It made it made for a, a really good closing
0: chapter and a bit. So what was the other question, Henry? Sorry, uh, I, I was gonna say because well, it's your it's your dad who wrote the book, and I was kind of like I was just gonna ask from your perspective what 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 it's like knowing that like oh my dad's writing a book hey i imagine that's pretty cool but yeah what what was it like kind of how did he because we're at some point we are hopefully hoping to get david on and it'd be wonderful yes, if of he course. could come on and tell us tell us more about the process of the book but in a way it's interesting to get what is the you you can ask an author what it's like for them writing a book what, but what is it like for a family member seeing someone in their family writing a book and now finally seeing the finished product and getting to read I, it. And-
1: I tell the truth, it's really interesting. Dad was sergeant for 25 years, I believe. I mean, he's told me some incredible stories of you know true events, obviously. They've all been incredible uh, stories about how he has maybe st- stood up for uh, a, a black colleague who's being uh, attacked with racist abuse. Or, um, or it, as the book has portrayed, you know, a woman who is trying to get into the police force, you know. That so it's interesting to see how he has moulded his real life experiences and the the things that I've you know, I've heard from 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 him into uh, a work of fiction, but still carrying the same vital messages. Uh, cool. And I, I I liked that. I like being able to see the transference between A A to Z. Um, and also, obviously, I appreciate the fact that my dad has a hobby. I think that's quite nice. Some, some, I have. Some people don't have hobbies,
0: and yeah. it's nice that my da- my dad does. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it, it's, it's it, been good. It's it's a good constructive hobby to have at least. I mean, there are some hobbies out there. Where you're like, well, that's just a waste. Yeah, you really? Time you're going to try doing that? that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, put it down. <laughs> <laughs> did did he ever talk to you about? why he decided to um frame the book in the perspective of a female officer
1: yes because uh, he, he, he could
0: have just so easily have done it from a male perspective which is what he probably would have known and it could have been so much easier I mean, it's to... tough
1: isn't it because we're two blokes talking about the troubles that a woman are facing inside of yeah was that's why i found it man, so interesting b i wasn't bloody born like i Grand scheme of things, I have got no say in this. All I can do is, you know, relay from the information that I'm, I'm, I have here, and from, you know, the the experiences I've been able to absorb from other people's real life experiences. So,
0: yeah, perfectly, I think, I think what he does so well, he articulates just how, almost in a way, how overwhelming the job can be at times. But of course, they they've been trained to do it. They see some horrific things. They encounter constantly shifting scenarios day on day night on night and just how difficult the job is and yet uh, how they kind of stand up and carry on with it and yeah yeah yeah, for sure for sure and also how much it has changed in a way like you said with the the people like drinking and turning a blind eye and how nowadays you can't in a way the um some of the the final scenes remind me of did you ever watch line of duty i know it's a very big oh show. my
1: days dad loves that show i yeah. saw i unfortunately i only saw a couple of episodes
0: but the the the, the, ver- the final scene reminds me very much of that where it's i think he even i think they're called something different in this book but um i can't even remember what they called, called in the show but they they basically the police who police the police And they they are brought up in this book, of course, under a different... I think in... uh, That's it. In the show, they're called AC-12, Anti-Corruption Unit 12. And they are the police who police... The police, as I said. As much a mouthful, that is to say. Yeah. But, uh, granted, I think they are called something different in uh, this book. But towards the end of the novel, you get a sense that because these officers have really messed up, they've been drinking on duty, they have potentially put another officer's... Life on the line mm. that you are uh, that they have to come in and assess and see what is wrong, and then of course, as you see, kath's perspective from the future where she is in the modern day, she is a commissioner. She just sees this shift from what it used to be like and how it is now. And of course, there are questions of are we are we doing it quite right? Are there still areas we could oh, improve? Yeah, sure. Is there stuff yeah, we did 100%. from the past that was actually better? But at the same time, there are things that have improved. Like, we have to take drink driving seriously. We have to be committed to the job. You can't be drinking on the job. You have to... And then, of course, there's other stuff like there's no smoking inside. And it is just how you see how much has changed. Even It's a short book, but you can perfectly pick up these shifts yeah, yeah, yeah. that have happened. Totally agree. But, but you also see how... Hard it was back then, but also I felt like I kept on forgetting that it was from the 1980s. I was like, I could, I could imagine this happening in London right now because London—it's a big city. There's a lot going on. There's, there's probably there's officers now responding to burglaries, as, as, as responding to assaults, responding to drunken people causing I think mischief. When
1: I when I talk about relatability, I think this is also one of those one of those moments. Is like the, the, it's transferable. Like the problems that happen here. They, you know they still happen they are still mm. happening i guess this book is taking it when it was at its worst um yeah i agree i totally agree some of the ways that they dealt with their prisoners that when they weren't obviously you know harming the prisoners on purpose to to be vengeful i felt i felt a, ce- a certain
0: level of now that you're saying that perfectly brings up a scene in the book where there is a guy like holding a knife that is could have been a threat to oh, the officers yeah. but yeah. what the other office the other officer involved alongside cath just the way he handled it he just instead of immediately going straight to violence and yeah. trying to take down this person who has a knife has a dangerous weapon that is a threat to them to the public to or even the guy this the man himself if he decides to do something with it but just the way this officer handled the situation by de-escalating it that was great to read because you just realize that the police they are there to sort of preserve life in a way they're there to yeah of course protect people and just the way he handled it, the character handled the situation by just talking to the guy calmly getting him to put the weapon down they got him to come to the side, they can talk him through it, and they've got him back to the station to deal with it in a calm, efficient manner, rather than, shit, he's got a knife. Everyone get a gun on him. Yeah. They, yeah, they're just there to, come on, God. come on, man, let yeah, yeah, evidently have a it hard out. night. You know, let's let's yeah. just talk it out. Let's de-escalate, and come on. It, it That that was interesting to see, because you see, again, again I've, I've said a uh, number of times now, how you see the range. Of the different scenarios they have to deal with. But what he also yeah. demonstrates is the range of how they dealt with different scenarios. There's de escalation. Of course, there were times where they had to use a bit of brute force to deal with massive fights, or there's times where you don't put up with people's shit. And, and also
1: times but, where violence was just totally unnecessary, you know? Like, yeah. but. Like but the de escalation. The varying styles that they had. Yes, I totally agree. Yeah.
0: Just finish wrapping up. Uh, on night duty, and yeah, it's it's really interesting to see all the uh, perspectives. We do hope to get um, your dad. Uh, we do hope to get David on. Uh, we'll reiterate: this is his first novel, and he's hoping to write more. It has three. Has three in the works. I, I hope he definitely puts a glossary in the future ones because that was something I definitely found yeah. I could have really done with. Uh, is referring to back to the Even me,
1: I grew (laughs) up with these stories, these anecdotes, these you know expressions, and I still had to flick back to the page I bookmarked where the descriptions written. Good, uh yeah, that's good bit of feedback.
0: A a glossary, definitely, just to refer back to the slang terms and the and the abbreviations, definitely. But although he's he's a first time writer, I just hope and I really look forward to seeing the ways that he can improve upon the book, and even this like a future edition of this one. I just, I would just, I just really like to see how it improves and yeah i I'd, I'd, I'd like to read the features david i hope you're listening and i hope to have you on the podcast at some point to discuss this book because i'd love to hear about your writing process but anyway moving on to black widow
1: black widow the, woo
0: woo! the most recent marvel film delayed almost 2 years because of the coronavirus we will launch into our spoiler free discussion first and then sure. we'll probably, as I do with other Tom, we will give a spoiler warning and then go into the spoiler area. So, Tom, straight away, your spoiler free initial impressions.
1: I would give this film three whisker glasses out of five. <laughs> I think. <laughs> yes, I like that. that. I like that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I didn't even tell you to say that. And it's just the, oh, perfect. <laughs> three whiskey glasses out of five i think
1: it was three whiskey glasses out of five i think it was it it gave a a solid nod to um other spy films like you know born or mission impossible
0: i think james Bond.
1: yeah for sure 100
0: i think i think i called it james burr there i meant james bond
1: (laughs) it's just the whiskey kicking in
0: yeah
1: i i i think the the film's main themes of, of family, I think, were quite strong, but not as strong as Fast and Furious, obviously. Fuck's um, sake. That's
0: ridiculous. Oh God, fuck's sake. As, got as, it as someone who got As in. someone who works in a cinema and has constantly seen the memes online as well. For fucks, I haven't even seen the Fast and Furious films, and I already know what all of them about. And Yeah, it's just fucking. It's about shit.
1: bullshit, isn't it? I can't believe people pay for this stuff. It's but crap.
0: I. It's just I've seen. They sent a car. I've, I've seen them like they were driving a tank and stuff uh, in one of the previous the films.
1: Shooting the tank to direct its fall. Uh, yeah, ball. and Absolute no, 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 crap. no, no.
0: That was uh, that was uh, the A team. That was the A team.
1: Have I mixed up films? Oh, I'm embarrassed. Yes, now. I'll, you have. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll see myself out. This is good, Henry. There we go.
0: <laughs> no, but but in in this one, they're like they're joking that oh, we're sending a car into space and it's held together by duct tape. But hey, because it's and it and then they have got this is even in the trailer. But they drive off a cliff and then a jet somehow comes and picks the car up via magnets. Fucking ridiculous. I, just, oh, I haven't even seen the Fast and Furious films, and I already know that. It's gone from, hey, we're involved in driving races and we steal radios, to, hey, we're basically an international spy thriller, cars explosion physics doesn't mean shit in our films. And, <laughs> Christ. God. Right, well, any, okay, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, but stop, stop. We'll stop uh, shitting on the Fast and Furious franchise. I mean, we've done nine of them. There's last no more spin-offs. films that need They've to be evidently- made.
1: Just stop. Stop now. There's no need for any more. Enough.
0: Back to Black Widow. So three yeah. out of five whiskey glasses, as you said.
1: Okay, yeah. Three out of five whiskey glasses. It has uh, a solid set of themes, one being family. And as I said, not as bad as Fast and Furious. This actually has some some quality to it, I guess. Um, and given Black Widow's character and, and presence in the other films and the the trips that she's been through, it's, it's fair enough that they brought in this as being one of the main themes. I think in terms of action... It was pretty good, to be honest. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't Civil War and it wasn't Endgame, but it was pretty good. I thoroughly enjoyed that, you know, that portion of it. Um, I think it had some very good tropes that were reflected from the TV shows that have come out recently, such as Sergeant Fuckface and Mr. Birdman, I think. Um, I didn't like that show, by the way, in case
0: didn't, <laughs> I didn't mean, like that show uh, at all. You mean uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier?
1: Yeah falcon fuckface versus snowman yeah it's really bad i, th- I, th- I think oh, okay. it, 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 it wait you bad. thought it was bad it was shit
0: what it was shit
1: it was shit. no okay, need, we need to we need to pause real quick because i want to just get it off my chest that the core values that they were trying to portray in the show excellent no problems with it whatsoever just the way it was written the way it was filmed just even the, even the first 30 minutes of the first episode just felt just weak. I was just watching it, just struggling. I just felt, it felt and looked cheap and just odd. Like we're watching Falcon flip around in the sky and trying to tackle airplanes and helicopters. And we know, we know that what they're trying to do is set up his power level for the, for the show and just give us an intro that had moving things that keep people interested but i just i don't know man maybe maybe i saw through it maybe other people saw through it too maybe they can relate that the first episode was just odd and weird and that's
0: the thing i can't i
1: I, I mean his suit looks amazing but like it just doesn't it's it's got weird creases in it where they haven't made it properly and (laughs) ah no
0: it just that's the thing and i know we're on a falcon with the soldier tangent but i actually really like that first episode where it was like 25 minutes with the vaulted devoted to falcon in 25 minutes were devoted to bucky It was kind of like their own separate stories and then they kind of met up again in later i have episodes. had so I much actually of really bucky enjoyed
1: that having his emotional problems in all of the other films like, i just didn't need another 30 minutes of it like i get it he fell out of a he fell out of a train his arm fell off he's been in a russian super soldier program and he's had his brain put between a car battery you know fine i get it it's been literally six years of this. Can you move on? Did,
0: <laughs> like, please? Did you, not, did you not find that bit where they were like, you were finally free. And Sebastian Stan had that really emotional moment where he was crying. Like, I, I thought that was phenomenal acting. Did you just think, nah, mate, shut up. So, I just, yeah, I just, I'm sorry.
1: But okay, both of these characters. Car- okay, really these, good. these actors are good. Okay, they are good. And amongst all of the other high-hitting, high, high fucking caliber actors that they've seen in all of the Marvel films, he, he's—they've held, held their own. They've done a good job. But now they've been given so much bloody screen time, Mister Falcon's pursed lips and Bucky's emo phase. I'm just getting tired of it, man. I don't know. I, I, I might just be really skeptical to the to to just it having complete,
0: had i really enjoyed falcon and Winter nah, Soldier. i'm sorry
1: I'm, I'm glad you did i'm glad you did because <laughs> i mean that it was it,
0: it they the show is important
1: much like loki was at setting up it's
0: a flag I was gonna stone, say, we, we could it, go on right? a whole other tangent of what do you think of wandavision and loki but no no, no, no. Right. let's get back let's get back to black yeah, widow let's, get,
1: let's back get back to it to black right widow. okay good you your turn how many whiskey glasses was it for you
0: I think I think three out of five as well. I actually, I okay. I went in. I was quite hyped for this film when it originally it was in the time scale of when it was meant to be coming <laughs> me, out. Me, me too. I was like, oh cool, let's give, give me murder, <laughs> give me blood, <laughs> just, just please. <laughs> not not quite like that, but I was like, oh cool, we're gonna get to learn about Black Widow's backstory, and it's set between Civil War and Infinity War, and um. And then, of course, Corona happened, and then it kept on getting delayed and delayed for good enough reasons. But I, by the time it came out, I tempered my expectations, and I was like, "Okay, I'm just, I'm glad Marvel films are back, and I'm looking forward to see this, but I'm not expecting something." Could fantastic. you answer
1: me? Uh, answer me a question. Do you know if during the delays they had to? They, they were paused on filming? Do you know that? Or had they filmed it all, but they just hadn't released it yet? I mean, it's not really important. I just like to know because I don't feel like, personally, the delay hit the quality of the film. I think it was it was always going to be this good.
0: No, I think Black Widow, and uh, along with a few other films like James Bond, they were ready to go because they were like, oh, we are releasing on this date and then of course corona happened and they're like we're pushing it back because no one can go to the cinemas i think the a certain set of films have been just they've just been pushed back um because of corona so they didn't want to miss out on the box office sales um whereas i imagine some films coming in the future probably have been impacted. impact well, i think it's like a you've, you've seen the witcher uh netflix series haven't you
1: I, of course I have,
0: Henry. It's amazing. Yes. That that grad, season two has been hit by a number of stoppages because of COVID and cast members having got and COVID. I yeah, I enjoyed the film a lot more than I thought I was going to. I tempered my expectations and actually I came out of it thinking I actually enjoyed that a lot more than I thought I did. Cool. Um I'm gonna say straight out, I preferred actually the first half of the film. Yep. To the second half,
1: I agree. I think most people did, to be honest, undisputed.
0: The third half, I was kind of dis- it, uh, it, not disappointed by, but it kind of just became a bit generic superheroy to me. It followed the formula of a lot of other superhero films, where it just it led Ray up Winston, to this
1: really bad accent. Just you're saying.
0: not the first. You're not the first person to say that to me, and because was a- dog. Every other
1: word, he went back to his, his you know, or, yeah yeah I don't know what I'm it was. A, I, d- I
0: didn't even spot that in the film because I was nah. like, I recognize him. I'm pretty sure he's English and I'm pretty sure he does like a bunch of gambling adverts or something <laughs> like six, six, six <laughs> or three, six, you know, whatever you poker. When, or... when,
1: when that's what
0: you're remembered by. You, yeah. yeah,
1: I'm pretty sure. And because I agree, I actually have no fucking clue what else he's been in. Right. I just I'm almost certain he's been in gangster films. OK, I think he's been mm. in a lot of them
0: possibly the Mm. irishman
1: but i just don't know i I can't remember
0: i was like i saw him he was doing a russian accent i'm like i'm pretty sure he's an english actor but i don't really know him that well and i didn't even i didn't even really think about the accent but you're not the first person to say to me it wasn't a good russian accent i loved how it gave a lot more about her background oh i see yeah yeah. and that 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 is the stuff i really enjoyed uh Mm certainly actions a few of the action sequences at the start i really enjoyed a few of them i was like okay that's just fucking bullshit plotter am i like, keeping those characters alive yeah some of the uh, it towards the end it yeah it delved, delved into kind of generic superhero three out of
1: five whiskey glasses we're we're shitting on it okay
0: <laughs> no, no 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 that's the thing the first half i really enjoyed it's the second half I, I have mixed, I'll say I have mixed feelings about which we'll go into the spoilers for. Okay, um, yeah. Yeah, first half I really enjoyed how it delved into her backstory. There were some cool action sequences there, some cool visuals and things it set up. It's the, it's the second half I have more of a problem with. Do you have any more non-spoilery things to uh, say?
1: No, honestly, I want to get into the spoilers, mate. I want to I okay. talk about it.
0: If you you want, I'm I'm going to help myself to a bit more whiskey. I've run out of Glenfiddich, so I'm going to help myself to a, one of my many other bottles as All a right, uh, whiskey. Right,
1: I'm going to pour another splashing of this um sample glass.
0: Yeah, how 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 are you finding it? Are you okay? So tell the it? truth,
1: Henry. I actually had a dentist appointment today,
0: and oh dear, um, <laughs> this I, is probably not the best combination. No,
1: no, no. Yeah, of course, uh, it's not. So I don't know whether or not okay. it's the fact that I have had. <laughs> Four hours of my day missing in terms of taste buds, but um, I, yeah, <laughs> I'm, so, I'm certainly having a, a, a some kind interesting. of interesting, um, yeah, combination going on here. At first, it was totally fine, but now the more I have, I'm like, hang on a minute, wait a second, is that is it? Is, is it that numbing of feeling? Tasting,
0: yeah, it is. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's either anesthesia or the whiskey or a combination of both. No one, no wonder you feel so good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: right um okay well whilst okay. you're pouring your drink should you, you we... go
0: ahead and delve straight into your spoilers okay opinions right so first
1: we need to talk about the premise of the actual film right for those who have not seen it yet who are interested in knowing what it's about i'm going to run over it real quick the premise is an opening scene in terms of acts we'll call it act one where uh and i have notes i'm referring to a a normal-ish family. You're even more prepared than the host of this podcast. Do you remember the first podcast we tried to do? Do you remember that first uh, bit of a note uh note paper we had for when God, we were this
0: this is going back about three four years now i still have yeah. that
1: anyway it was <laughs> two pages long so whatever uh the premise of the film is a normal-ish family in act one when there's there's two siblings one older one younger both women when their dad gets home it turns out that the dad's been doing some shifty stuff and they're actually both russian spies the parents the older sister knows but the younger sister does not after they escape the country, after people work out that the parents are doing some dodgy stuff, they leg it back to the home country of Russia, where the sisters are split apart from the from the, the parents. The
0: old older sister is uh, Natasha Romanov, who's a yes. black widow. And the younger sister turns out to be Yelena. Is it Yelena? It, she, well, she's played by Florence
1: Pugh. Florence Pugh. Older. Yeah, I don't remember her name, name, though, unfortunately.
0: So after
1: the kids and the parents are split up, the kids are then split up from each other because Romanov wants out of the organization that she knew she was a part of when she was in this fake family and to do that she contacts shield she's like yo I, w- I want out can you give me a job they go fine but as part of your cv you need to add killing a certain man to it so she goes on a hunt blows up a man the man's daughter dies basically present day is the younger sister's plight Um, against the organisation that she's still a part of because she did not get out, unfortunately, and calling in Romanov to assist her. There's a lot of family in it because the other members of the family are brought in to help tackle with this problem, and the person who Romanov thought she killed, she did not. So that's basically the the ins and outs. a kind of a good brief summary of it. It, What I found interesting, and I saw this on our website by... So I saw this on a, on a blog by Brian Telerico or made on the 8th of July. So quite new. Mm. The, the film's structure in the term, you know, in the sense of what the goals of the film are to, to release the captive other widow agents from the grasp of the man who Romanov should have killed. Dreykov, uh played by Ray Winston. Uh, that is, you know, decrowning the, the, the killers, turning them into normal people again. Whereas mm the falcon versus winter soldier it was more about trying to prevent being being turned into killers which i thought was interesting i thought was that yeah. was that was a very interesting point they could take is that that mm. they did that on purpose they had to have done I not i hadn't, I hadn't not even thought that. about that point that's yeah me neither really i read it point. was
0: like oh god damn no, yeah that's quite good
1: also another, another i only have two more themes and then I'll, I'll pass over back to the host i don't want to take over so the <laughs> I, I appreciated the the film didn't have a lot of complicated scenes. And again, Brian Telerico did talk about this on his blog. The scenes were rather smooth. When they had films like Civil War or even Guardians of the Galaxy, the first intro was bouncing between different places and planets and names and giving context and backstory and you know as the film went on there'd be they'd only be in a room for x amount of minutes before they were on a new scene and the fights would go on for ages in this open space and you know etc 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 not saying that this wasn't action packed but when they did change scene they did it very deliberately and it was easy to track and I appreciated how smooth it was because being a bloody spy film uh if they had made it complicated that would have made it very difficult for the audience to follow. So I, I appreciated that. You know, you know what I mean, right? And the last theme that I have here is that um, I'm actually very excited for the Marvel Universe to give uh, an alternate side of the story, other than just America. Because, and like Henry, think back to all of the other Marvel films, right? That you've seen, we've had the the foreign where where foreign powers have been introduced. They mm-hmm. have been almost kind. They they've been almost like outsourced minds. You know, like in Captain America, the small little, I don't know how to describe it, the small Nazi man with the glasses. When these people were included, they were like one-offs. So you'd go, oh, cool. So Captain America, a a single Jewish man, great, fine. Looks like a single Jewish man and his mind had been brought into America. But in this film, it was about Russia. It was about what they had done and accomplished completely outside of what we'd seen. It was a whole new world. We have been shown... A
0: new super soldier. Yeah. So the first, the first part of the film, great, with where the family was in the U.S. and they were. It turned out they were Russian spies. And uh, Natasha's character, the young, when she was a young girl, uh, she kind of knew what go- was going on, but her younger sister, Yelena, didn't know until yep. they reached Cuba. I think it was Cuba where oh, is that uh, they, where they landed. Si- yeah, that's where they landed. Right. And it was that's when they were separated. Because uh, Natasha knew what was going on. She was like, she's trying to protect Yelena. She's like, she can't be a part of this because of the horror of what she knew would happen to her. But they were both knocked out and um, sent to the Red Room. Um, but I, I really enjoyed that. And then I really enjoyed where it continues on from there, where it was seeing Natasha and the fallout from civil War, 'cause This film is set between civil war and infinity war and how yeah. just after civil war, she was on the run. She was hiding and how she was evading the authorities. She, I think she'd fled to Norway and how she was hiding out there. Um, and then at the same time it showed what had happened to Yelena, who, um, and how she was part of the Black Widow scheme, and she was indoctrinated into it. She was helping them track down uh, an ex-Black Widow who was trying to mm. reveal what was happening to them. And she chases after this uh, Black Widow, and she goes to kill them, and then they free her from the mind control by like releasing this almost toxin or anti-toxin into her. Like the graphics they used
1: for that. Yeah. It was good. It was actually really good. They're, they didn't need to... You know, it's hard to explain. They didn't need to do it that way, but they put a lot of focus on the on the eyes and the effect that that drug had on. That was really interesting
0: because at first, because what what it did, it was the red, and it was what it did to the eyes. I thought, is this connected to Wanda? It looked like some sort of like Wanda magic. I
1: I get what you were saying. Yeah, Yeah. I
0: I thought was like, is this connected to Wanda and her mind manipulation? But they later explained in the film that oh no, it's like an anti or as a toxin that frees them from mind control and everything but that, yep. that was interesting um, but what I this is what I enjoyed at the start of the film and less so later on was that fight between Taskmaster and uh, Black Widow Oh, so where what
1: everyone, everyone has complaints for this literally everyone I've spoken to because Taskmaster in the film compared to the comics apparently is shit Taskmaster in film it's dog compared to the comics but Taskmaster as a standalone character means it's okay right like it was all right it wasn't good <laughs> it wasn't you 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 don't look at Taskmaster and go this is a this is a well rounded is it
0: going to be standalone because they left the film end of the film open anyway we we're, we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves I'll oh, go sorry, back yeah keep going. Let, sorry, my bad let, I'll go back to the so uh, Black Widow and Taskmaster fight on the bridge. And I think that was actually a fucking awesome fight scene. It was good, because that was good. You see uh, Taskmaster, she's like uh, oh sorry, should, should I said Taskmaster, I i realize I'm putting a minor spoiler there but we are in the spoiler territory anyway. Taskmaster is um, fighting with Black Widow and they're replicating Avengers fight
1: yeah, right, they're, that was good. They're throw, I
0: throwing that. the shield, they've got the sword, they've got bow and everything. They're Panther doing flips course. and kicks. That that comes later. But she's like uh Black Widow's famous um she like grapples them with her legs and spins around and then yep. kicks them. Taskmaster Taskmaster does the exact same thing to her. So you can see like Taskmasters learn all of their fighting scenes and everything. And that was such a cool scene. Whereas Skipping ahead a bit later in the film, it doesn't do that so much. I find, sure. which yeah, is the, kind of a
1: yeah, they, 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 they uh, as I was saying earlier, I do feel like Taskmaster as a as a villain wasn't rounded enough for no uh, for there to be a lot of weight to it. Yeah, her, right, we'll,
0: we'll we'll go back to that because I'm gonna because I have sort of some gripes about that, but okay, that's towards the it. end of the film. Right, back sure. to the, so Black Widow. She's been sent this toxin by Yelena, who was hoping that she would help her, and then they end up meeting in Budapest. And this was a really good bit I liked because it finally gave us some background to Black Widow and uh Hawkeye's um yeah,
1: I mention the of the Budapest. In the very, in Yeah.
0: Mm. No, it was the very first film in of The Avengers where the Black uh, Black Widow and Hawkeye were saying, Oh, this reminds us of Budapest and Um, And we finally found out what happened there. And this is the part of the film that I love, that we were finally getting this bit of Black Widow, where we're finding out about her backstory and finding out what happened at Budapest, how she got out of the Red Room and how she joined S.H.I.E.L.D. That is the part of the film I absolutely loved. It's like, finally, I I feel like I'm actually getting to know this character. I really did
1: appreciate that also, yeah.
0: Yeah, it was a really cool. It's strange because it was a really cool fight scene between with Black Widow and Yelena. And the start of the fight scene, you almost felt like they didn't know each other. Like, oh shit, you're a I know you're a Black Widow. Uh, so are you? And they're doing this sick fight scene, and they're suddenly mm. like, oh, truce, truce, and then suddenly. They seem to know each other. It's like, how you haven't seen each other? They even say we haven't seen each other in 20 years. How the fuck do they know who each other is?
1: And like, Black Widow's got like pink hair, and I mean, not pink hair, but you know, she's got red hair. And in the beginning of the show, she does not have. She's got blue hair. She does hair. not have red hair. Yeah, she has yeah. blue hair.
0: It's just, oh, they like, truce, truce. And they stop fighting. They're like, oh, how did you know I was here? I was like, well, you sent it to Budapest. So, like, oh, so I came here and I didn't want you to bring back the toilet, uh, the antidote here. Files? Was, yeah. Yeah, the vials. And it's just like, wait, how how do they know each other is not they haven't seen each other in twenty years. I agree.
1: I totally agree. I wanna I wanna jump on this real quick. Yeah. So that scene in Budapest loved. You know, the initial fight scene good. And I liked Mm. how they introduced Yelena? Is that is that what you're calling the the sister? Is that her name?
0: I'm pretty sure it's
1: Yelena. The sister. How they introduced her. I think Yeah. Was designed to show us how well they fare against each other in terms of abilities, right? So, like, it, it's because c- seen... they're it's because they're setting her up as n- the exactly like the Carl Small YouTube channel, uh, facts fiend, right? Or is it facts friend? I don't really remember. Uh, Fat fiend, yeah. Carl. Facts fiend, yeah. Smallwood. One of the episodes, Smallwood, thanks. One of the episodes talks about uh, Star Trek when they used to introduce new bad guys. They always used to have the bad guy fight.
0: Uh, <laughs> I know that video. You're talking you, know,
1: about. you know. I I <laughs> when I was seeing the fight, I, all I could think of was that. Like, it was a good fight, but it was so cliche. We've just seen two what seems like random strangers, but then Black Widow had been sent apart. They, they're going at before. each
0: other with guns, knives, towels yeah, like, to try to and strangle each other.
1: What if what if the sister actually landed that knife? Right, because the sister was the first to pick up the knife, if I remember rightly, in that kitchen scene. Yeah. If she could have actually landed that blow, because she meant to kill, she meant to maim, main, she went for the gut. If she had landed that, what would that have achieved? Mm-hmm. If you knew who they were, why were you trying to pull a knife out? Surely yeah. there's poor logic to that. And and I, me just seeing the fight just reminded me of the small wood scene from from his from his video i i get that they had to do that but there was no real need to do that that way didn't need to be mm. like that they, they I, could have I mean, not had a, a knife and they could yeah. have been like yo what what are you doing here why are you why are you messaging
0: me i i i mean that it would have made sense if they'd been fighting and they hadn't realized it, who they were and then there was something that it's just yeah. literally they just speak they just speak uh truce truce and they say it in russian there's like, oh yeah, yeah Oh my sister! Oh, how come you sent the vials here? Da, 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 da. Oh, you said Budapest. Blah, 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 blah. It's just like, Ball. Ball. what? The yeah. And Ball. then, granted, the scene where the other Black Widows like break in and then they're scouring through the house to try and take them out—that was cool as well. That's cool. And that. then the the chase. Granted, going back to Fast and Furious that we said earlier, the chase th- scene through Budapest where they're driving and they got Taskmaster turning up in the armored vehicle, crashing through cars <laughs> everywhere. That was great. That reminded me of a Fast and Furious film. Like it said, did. It any. really did. Yeah.
1: Like, why? Like, hey. I, I, can you imagine sitting in your fucking kitchen and just seeing an armored tank go past? Like, there was no go, subtlety go, to it. Going These back to are the spies. Yeah, no, spies.
0: I'm, I'm, I'm going to get onto that, because then going back to the movie plot armor bullshit, in a way, they end up crashing. They land perfectly yeah. in the subway. Oh. The only injuries they sustained is Yelena's got a tiny cut on her arm that's like, oh, quick, they're buying that in case you bleed to death. And it's just like, that's a fucking tiny cut anyway. It's just like, hey, if you were a normal person and you would crash like that, you would be fucking dead. It It flipped about three times. It landed perfectly in the metro or the underground system. But to get to the
1: entrance, it hit a bollard to spin it. To then be in line with the metro, where it slid down the stairs upside down and came to a perfect stop. What? Mm. Yeah, and it I totally doesn't.
0: It agree. doesn't even give a uh, explanation. It's not. Like, it's not like the. They never even say that. Like the black. I know in the comics, like Black Widows have a version of the Super Soldier Sit Room, but even in the Black Widow film, they haven't even expressed that they do. No, they they just, don't. They just we don't know anything say, about like, that. No, they just say like her. They've been trained up. They've been brainwashed. They're super. Fighters and everything and they're under some sort of mind control, job but they don't even say they've got like a super soldier serum yeah none of that they, has they're yet. basically We've normal humans and yet they can survive a... i just love how yelena takes the piss out of black widow for her fighting landing post yeah. like she lands this... and she flicks her hair back and i think i think it's even caving about from florence pure herself she was making jokes about Scar- scarlett johansson's oh, black widow pose I
1: knew that. yeah I it, it came about by
0: that and the, the writers apparently loved it so much that they uh introduced it into the script it's just so it's just
1: so wow i like fun, that man. that's really nice actually yeah that uh, i really
0: enjoyed that so they've they've escaped Budapest and now they realise they're trying to find out the Red Room to take it down and to try and feed the other Black Widows. So they go to mm. save the father figure of their fake family, who is the Red Guardian, okay, who they an amazing would... character. I'm just saying I f- it. Mm-mm-mm. I fucking don't hated like him. him. Oh no. Right. Okay, right. I don't. I don't fully hate him. I think the actor. Uh, I can't. Remember, something Harborne. Is it Daniel Harborn? Oh, 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 he played, uh
1: David, David Harbor. David,
0: sorry, David Harbon. He played him really well. But yeah, that agreed. is right, That is also part of the reason why I hate him, which I'll explain in a minute. Go ahead, sorry. So this is obviously the Black Widow film. I love this character
1: as in The Red Guardian because it was an introduction into Soviet version of MCU events. There is another world out there, people. It's not just America. Russia has their own attempted version of this. It exists. So they gave it a go, and here is the proof. but mm. um I found out I'm not gonna butt just yet. I'm gonna stay with the positives. I think the film needed comic relief. The comic relief came from the younger sister, played by Florence, mm. uh, in certain sections where the Red Guardian wasn't present.
0: yeah no, no, you know, the, and, the jokes yeah, no, no, of, and you know, Red Guardian with a po- comic relief.
1: Sure. Agreed. When the Red Guardian was there, though, he was most certainly... Yeah. He took, he took comic relief, yeah. like, f- front and centre. So I appreciated that that role needed to be filled and that that was the appropriate character to choose because we never heard of him. We had no idea that he existed. Not even the foggiest. Um, and as far as characters go, wasn't the most important, like, comics, right? It doesn't do anything vital, crucial. Doesn't, as far as I know, I might be wrong. So I appreciated that they made... That actor, who was fantastic, fit that role of comic relief where he was necessary, but Mm. he was also the answer to some problems when they needed him to be, but he was ever-present. So I'll give an example why this is a gripe for me. As heroes get added to games like Overwatch, they get given the DLC character kind of tagline. And it's the same with films or just long-running TV shows where they add more and more and more to the point where the new character just seems weird and wonderful and the things that they can do can just solve all their problems. Give an example, when we first started the MCU universe, we had Captain America who holds a metal disc. We had Iron Man who wears a suit and flies. Granted, some of his problems are easily solved by more suits, you know, mass over quality sometimes as we saw in um, the third film, but... As the films progressed, as the MCU universe progressed and got more mature, they included more weird and wonderful magic type heroes like Doctor Strange. So some of the problems that he would face can be solved by just reversing time or bringing out a cool whip or something that is just there. And I think you talked about this in your last podcast, soft magic and hard magic, right? Where hard magic is built in. Sure. But soft magic is just like whatever, you know, like... A problem has arisen, let's solve it's, it. So, it's where
0: it gets introduced, but you as the audience never really understand it. It's kind of just there, whereas Hard Magic, the rules are very set, exactly. and you That's as the audience understand yeah, yeah.
1: it. So with Black Panther, the metal that they have and the technology that they have is just a solution that we don't understand, and it's ever-present, and any problem that we have, we just have an answer to. Vision's got an Infinity Stone stuck in his noggin and needs to be removed. Fine, send him to Wakanda and they'll do some dentistry laser surgery on his forehead and rip it out. <laughs> like, fine. That's the answer to that problem, fine. So they didn't do this in this film. That's my point I'm trying to say. He was ever-present. We knew his limitations because he's just strong, and he was the solution now and then to problems, and he never did something that we weren't expecting him to do. Does that make sense? So I appreciated that that was a bit continuity that they kept consistent.
0: Yeah, he was kind of... There is the kind of comic relief, kind of shitty dad character with some redeeming col- qualities.
1: <laughs> I guess, yeah, that's a spin, isn't it? That's but, one way to reword what I just oh, said. Yeah,
0: <laughs> So I'm just summarising. He, he, no, he, it's fine. It's fine. He, he was comic relief, definitely. He had a few funny, uh, a lot of funny scenes, some action scenes. I'll get on to what I thought about his action scenes, mate, because bit, bit mixed. Um. I agree. They introduce him there for that whole jail breakout scene. It's it's oh good god. and it's kind of funny because you just see how it's it's strange because like in the flashback scene he seems kind of competent, whereas now he seems kind of a bit of a buffoon. Covered in tattoos,
1: he's looking yeah. beefy. He's got a heavy, heavy Russian accent and, and a um, big beer belly. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, literally, like he's in a prison with like I don't know what he has on his hands tattooed, but words on his knuckles. You know, like as uh, thugs Karl do. Marx. I don't even know who who is that. Am I supposed to know who this is? Uh,
0: He basically wrote about communism in the first place. Okay, fair enough. You never you never studied the Russian Revolution or anything like that at school. What? Sorry, helping myself to more whiskey. I'm
1: twenty five. I I don't remember school.
0: I (laughs) wait. You you never did like. Wait, no, of course you did graphic design. I, was I did colours. I did
1: moving oh. shapes. That's what I did. You asked me what oh. I do for a living, and I will say, "Cool, I can move this shape next to this shape and make it look okay." But you <laughs> asked me what happened in Russia,
0: I <laughs> piss off. Oh, please, <laughs> can we can we clip that's I did colours. I did shapes. Ask me about the revolution. Revolution, piss off.
1: All right, I'll clip it and ship it. Don't you worry.
0: Oh God, that's a no. Um. There was a scene in the film. I couldn't tell whether he was tattooing himself or whether it was Captain America on his back, but it was either one or the two of them. He was definitely he was getting tattooed something on his back. It looked like Captain America, but I thought it's either him or the Red Guardian, which is himself, oh, sure. which would be quite narcissistic to get yourself tattooed on your back. But I find this funny because it's something I saw on Instagram after. One of the guys he arm wrestles in that um, jail cell... I think he must be like a wrestler or something who they brought in for the film. Huge guy. Oh. And then he's the one who like, he breaks his wrist or something. Oh, that guy. This, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, This guy is now claiming on Instagram that he's Ursa major who is a character from the comics. Who's part of the, I think it's like, they're called the red guardians or something who, or the uh, Soviet guardians or the Russian guardians. I can't even remember uh, Russian versions of the Avengers. This Ursa is it Major bad, character.
1: I don't know who this guy is.
0: Oh, is no, are they important? I, no, not okay. Like, right, fair if enough. you if, if if you're a comic book fan, you'd probably know. And I just found this out from like wikis and online videos. But this this character who claimed they're playing Ursa Major, who is a character from the comics who can turn into a bear and it's part of this Russian Avengers group, basically. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm basically the uh, first mutant in the MCU. And I'm just like... Holy shit. I'm just like, dude, you were in it for, like, 30 seconds. You got your wrist broken and you were out. Is he he trying Uh, to do
1: a claim to fame?
0: Is this what he's doing? Pretty much. He's like, yeah, I'm I'm the first mutant. I'm just like... Yeah, I found it funny how this guy was claiming that he was the first mutant when they haven't even introduced mutants into the MCU yet. And it's just like you had no proof. It's literally yeah, you have no proof.
1: proof, and also you're making accusations and claims that are just completely ridiculous. Like yeah, it was stupid. totally ridiculous. Okay, it says Ray Guardian, but it is it looks like a picture of Captain America. So I, I had to work it yeah. out. There you go. There you go. Sorry. Um,
0: yeah. So they have that ridiculous escape scene. And then they're like, oh, he knows jack shit. We've got to go find the fake mother of the scenario who actually knows shit. So they fly to a farm where she's basically brainwashing and training pigs as lab rats. Yep. Um, they, have, they have that great, I'm going to call it a great sit down family scene. I am enjoyed the it- scene. I am calling it great because granted uh, David Harbourn provides some comic relief as Red Guardian where he's trying to fit into his suit and he's got a big beer belly so he can't quite fit into it. But the bit that really made me appreciate that scene was uh, Florence Pugh where she was as Yelena. She was she was getting upset where uh, Scarlett Johansson as Natasha was saying, I I don't see you as my mum and dad because you were fake and I realised it was fake and... Uh, Yelena was saying, no, that's... I, I, I don't know anything else. Yeah, you I were my mom. Else. You were my dad. I had nothing else. This was my real family. Don't sure, say it's sure. fake. And she's in tears and she storms off. And I thought that was some fantastic acting so I actually really felt deeply for that character. I, I it, totally, she said, I it, totally it, agree. It, there was a line where she was like, everything... Or something like, where everything good in my life is fake. And... And now I realize that, and she just stormed off, she's like, "Fuck, I, yeah, that damn really that damn. was like Oh damn. Yeah, I, I feel that because she's like anything good I now realize was fake in my life, And then she storms off. That was I agree, fantastic Henry: It was a acting. very
1: good scene. It was a very good scene.:
0: And then David Harper's character kind of goes off as the dad figure. I'll go talk to her." And granted, he goes and provides some kind of relief and some heartwarming moments. <laughs> but he just where,
1: fucking sits there.
0: <laughs> yeah, he just sits there and he starts talking about himself. And then he starts singing her favourite song. And this oh, was where man. I began to warm to the character. Because before that, I actually fucking hated him. Really? Every moment before that. Because he's in the prison. He's... Uh, beforehand, where they're like kids, and then he's just worrying about himself. He's like, "Am I going to be the big man for Russia? I'm the Red Guardian. Look at me. I am the big man." And then uh, that was in the flashback scene. And it gets to the prison scene. He's like, "I was the Red Guardian. I fought Captain America, which we know is bullshit because Captain America was frozen in ice by then." He's like, "I yeah. am the big man. Look at me. Look at me." It's like, "Oh yes, uh, I am so strong. I am so mighty." And he's a fucking narcissist.
1: But could you not understand that that was written on purpose? That no, was, They I, did I, that on purpose. I, I right?
0: realised that was his character, but I fucking hated that type of character because he was me, oh, me, 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 uh, me. It's, it's, it's even when, uh, okay, they escape in a helicopter and then they crash land. And he was like, oh, Natasha, did uh, Captain America talk to me about when we fought and everything? Or does he ever mention me? And he's just all about me, me, me. And he's not even thinking, oh, these are the two girls I abandoned to face horrible okay, fair horrible torture. And he's just fair like enough. No, is it did Captain America talk about me? Fucking shithole. Fucking <laughs> arsehole. I thought he was an absolute arsehole. Granted, when it came <laughs> to the yellow. Oh my com-
1: god, I didn't think I was gonna be hearing this today.
0: <laughs> no, I I no, and this is why I have massive respect for David Harbour. He played that character so well that really I fucking well. hated that character.
1: Oh, Granted, I see
0: what you mean. Yes, I fucking right. hated the character. He did such this, a good David, job. He did you such couldn't a good help job. But fucking hate him. fucking yeah. hate the character. Right. Granted, I had some sympathy where he actually realized, oh shit, I kind of messed up and I was not good. So he talks to Yelena and he tries to redeem it in some way, and they have that heart-to-heart moment. I felt, okay, that's nice. But even so, later in the film, when uh, I'm going to progress to the third act, where they, basically, Natasha, they meet the mother and Natasha, and suddenly the mother really shifts. Oh, I've contacted the the bad guys. They're going to be here, but, hey, I'm going to help you take them down. Don't know where that suddenly came from. Oh, man,
1: but... no, I think I think okay. I have to I have to disagree. We rated this film three whiskey glasses out of five, so there are things in here that are positives, and I think this scene here mm. is one of them. This part of that act was actually good, whether we understood it or not. I think the mum, the dad, and the mum. I, I've seen both. Th-
0: I've seen the film th- film theory on this, which I'll wait until you you've spoken okay. that that no, was plain
1: i think that both the parents are well we know that they're fucking you know we know that they're <laughs> spies we're spies they're good at what they do and they're very communist they love their the country and they love the the approach that they're taking to their work and they think that what they're doing is correct but they also see how it's wrong and that how it's caused harm i think would really be the the biggest regret in their lives. It's not really that they disagree with it, it's that it's caused harm and actually caused harm to their daughter or not daughter. That's interesting. So I think that what happened was the mum who totally agrees and believes in the system that she's she's in but knows it's causing harm sees the daughter genuinely doesn't know that it was the daughter who's being affected. Maybe she did but what if she didn't? And she thinks that now is the time do something positive with this these people that she can actually call family. So she uses this opportunity to work with the daughter. Who, to take down this bad organisation. Exactly. But up until the moment Natasha had, had actually done some heart-to-heart, the mum was all against them. The mum had already called the cops, right? Well, the Soviet hmm. cops. Could we know this? That's fact. And it was only up until the heart-to-heart with Natasha and the mum... Where the mum had been like, well, I, sh- I suppose I should probably say that they're going to be here in X amount of minutes. But what we didn't see was them prepping. They kept the mm-hmm. prep for the next plan secret. So I, I think it's utterly indisputable that the mum was against the family until the family actually were doing family things. That she realised that there was something here. Oh, then she went... That's actually
0: really, really interesting. Because the, the theory I've seen is that she realises she's in the wrong, but then what, she goes along with it. Because originally she's like, okay, I'll help you land the base to uh, so that the government and everything and shields can uh, uh do track them down do. and take sure. them out. But in the end, she ends up like blowing up one of the engines and the base ends up crash landing. And what she does is she does that to destroy the evidence that she was involved in the mind control experiments and everything Ah. so that she can basically get away with it scot-free. Bull. I totally disagree. I think that's totally Mm. implausible
1: considering the ending of the film is all of them together. If she wanted Mm. to get off scot-free and go and do whatever it is she wanted to do, that would have worked if she was on her own. But she wasn't. She was with the family. They literally left in a helicopter together. Well, not all of them. Obviously, Natasha mm. the wasn't in the helicopter. But they left together. I don't think that's the case. I, I mean, it would be pointless. That goal mm. would make no sense. Like, what I'm trying to say is, I'll try explaining it again. Uh, excuse me, because I'm recording, so my nose is running, so I'm having to keep uh, <laughs> dabbing my nose. Um, if that is the case, then that would imply she's wanting to run that she has she wants to have no accountability and just just go not be involved in any wrongdoings everyone else is still wrong so so if she's now involved in his family three of which are bad people or you know in the eyes of the law are bad then she herself is also bad so it would only make sense if she went off alone after the film after the evidence is destroyed but she didn't she was part of the family so she's now incriminating herself after having decriminated herself doesn't make any sense I totally disagree with that. I think that film that film theory is
0: debunked. Drops Mike. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, so the family they've reunited and then they've got kidnapped and they've been sent to the bad guys base. Natasha ends up confronting, uh, they meet is it off, And so yes. Natasha disguises herself as her mother or her mother who was, fake mother who was involved in the Black Widow program Um, but Dreykov, I think, is it he realises and takes off the disguise, and she can't harm him because there's some sort of pheromone thing that wasn't, or that something. There wasn't a need for that. Yeah, she has to, like, break her nose to not smell it so she that she can eventually attack him, but... There's the kind of joke that oh we've only got one com system so it's the mother linked to Yelena but Natasha knows the plans it's all okay and then there's the Red Guardian there like with his finger in his ear like oh yeah I'm I'm girls I'm so sorry like I did everything They're like oh no you 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 don't have a com system it was, weak comic, system. Relief. It was, it was re- weak comic related it was yeah. weak you're like <laughs> um and I agree yeah. Oh yeah, and then there's the big reveal that Taskmaster, who is I I actually I really think is a cool comic book character. I know everything kind of finds him a bit generic. Oh he all he can do is just watch something and then copy people. But in the comics he's much more diverse because he trains up villains henchmen, he helps train villains, he sets up his own like academy to train villains
1: and everything.
0: And I think he's actually I think he's called Tony Masters in the comic, sure um, and I think he's really cool, and then <sighs> granted, I was surprised by what they did in Black Widow, which is they do a gender yeah. swap he's a they, they he do a gender sheep
1: <clears throat> but they also and do an entire different like, backstory yeah, like totally, totally different
0: i granted at the time I felt oh. I didn't actually see that coming. That was kind of mm. cool. But at the same time, I'm like... <sighs> I was actually kind of hoping they'd set up a really cool Taskmaster oh, to appear angry. in they future couldn't... films. I get that, but I, I kind of didn't want them to. Really? I think they
1: knew that they didn't want to either. I no, think they did but that's, okay, that's this...
0: Marvel in a way, isn't it? In some it's ways. A,
1: this is a standalone film, right? There's no... But... There's no they, real room I, for another done. film. I know they could have done, but we already know the films that are coming out in the next 20 years. Like This this whole list that's being released in the next three years' worth of films. There's not going to be another one with Taskmaster in it, and to be honest...
0: With the, now you're shitting, that, I do see it, but... With the shitty, kinda...
1: weak-ass backstory that they've given this character, there wasn't ever going to be a substantial enough... They didn't do a film that had gruesome gore, that had aggressive, you know detailed and emotional backstory the only real two sections of the film that were emotional backstory was when the, the younger sister Yelena or if that is her name yeah talked at the dinner table about what actually happened to her during her time being brainwashed and then also in the plane where they, they made a joke about her uterus being skipped out like they they had two chances to talk about the backstory and to give gore on gruesomeness and they didn't do it on either of them they did one that was done light-hearted comment in a plane helicopter after having rescued a dad. They focus more on on Black Widow's positive nature and the the family aspect. It was all that was the theme, right? They didn't want gruesome blood-telling. They didn't want that. They needed to sum it up in a positive way because she's dead. They're not going to give us this gruesome, gory backstory and then all that we have to remember her by unless to do another prequel series or film is when she jumped off a cliff and killed herself. When she was sat at the, at the reception desk during Avengers HQ after half the world got disappeared, like half the universe mm. got snapped away. I think that they only had one choice, and that was to wedge a, a temporary film in there that gave us a positive outlook, that gave us a nice, happy sort of ending, and that didn't have too much of a, a villain in it. I genuinely mm. believe that was the only approach. If they had tried to do a harder-hitting, heavier villain then they would hmm. have had to have included it somewhere else. And uh, that was I, actually I, I, another reason why I think the Red Guardian was so good, was because they could just leave him on the sideline. That's why they made him a comic relief. Because if they made him as strong as he actually looks like he was, then he would have been the answer to all of their problems. And he would have been the Red Guardian show, rather than the Black Widow film. You know what hmm. I
0: mean? Yeah, I can. Okay, hang I In a way, it makes me kind of... Yeah, I think it's a shame that maybe they didn't go with another villain because I think Taskmaster. Like I said before, I didn't see the plot twist coming where it turned out to be oh, it's Drakeoff's daughter, and that the it's a very MCU to, thing to do that is very oh, yeah. modern. Totally agree. Because yeah. like, if you if you look at Falcon, like in the comics, he's actually got like wings whereas in the films he has got like a electronic wings which i think is actually much better and i think Agreed. it actually fits it better. whereas taskmaster it's like they basically plug a usb in to the back of her head and she analyzes all the uh fight scenes of the avengers and other top fighters and she's also got like a mask which i think is based off an iron mark iron man thing as is well because i think it's in uh civil war where he's like analyzing captain america and bucky's fight scenes and it comes up with like their numbers of oh man which be shit it was. Like, yeah I, I think it is like i've, I've seen theories that is based off of that i'll send you a interesting. video um Please. but it's like when when it comes from taskmaster's view where he's fighting black widow on the bit vi- on the bridge he comes up with like 90 percent he's got like a Diagram of her body where she's like most likely to, she's most likely to punch, is she most likely to kick? Oh, it's got all these percentages around it.
1: That's really um,
0: cool. Which I think is a really cool MCU take on it, which I kind of expected. Yeah, 100%. But then when it swapped to it's his daughter, and then suddenly it's this guilt complex with Black Widow, <laughs> I was kind of, granted, I really like the comic book counterpart. Because I, I get it, I didn't,
1: I didn't know I just no. knew of, I knew that they existed you know, I went and did my yeah. research for this chat, so when I watched the film, I watched it with a fresh slate and went, because I understood that this film wasn't going to be anything spectacular because of where it came in the universe timeline I, I kind of just acknowledged Taskmaster's be, just being there like, mm. much like how the bad guy from uh... Iron Man, straight into the galaxy, know. and oh yeah, like they're just throwing in these you know characters that are <coughs> used up in one film. Or like it's if just, you delve it's another... deep,
0: they are often characters with a really diverse backstory, but unfortunately, sometimes true. Marvel don't delve into. But true, true, I mean, uh, yeah, I've yeah, it, God, yeah, that final fight scene. It's like because in the very first fight scene where they're fighting on the bridge, we saw like Taskmaster pulling off like Avengers level combat skills whereas in the f- final fight scene i kind of felt like they given up on that yeah yeah and people it, they, say they just oh, needed to sum it up didn't yeah they, they needed f- to people end. said right. oh it's because she got the like the usb thing kicked out of her head she hasn't got the helmet oh, anymore dude, i thought i don't give a shit oh, i don't care no. i was it like come, come on calm. and then come and on. then at the end they're like oh we'll take her with us with the other black widows mm. and yeah she'll become a she'll become a good guy uh, or something was like nah, oh you could you you missed so much potential where you could have had did, a they did comic book accurate anthony masters taskmaster with training my bad guys in
1: for how i think I, that that was the only approach that they could have gone for you're correct i totally agree the way that they did yeah. do this approach even with this corner that they had themselves in was just meh Uh,
0: and it it, again uh going back to combat scenes with taskmaster was the taskmaster versus red guardian scene where taskmaster oh suddenly she's got the black uh black panther claws black panther claws and then it keeps on cutting away is they keep on cutting away from that fight and you think red guardian you think he'd be quite a good fighter and he's kind of a bit all over the place, and they but keep cutting they away that from on the scene.
1: Purpose. I, I, I do think the Red Guardian was designed that way in that scene, so that it wasn't about him. But I was he I was ho- solve that problem for them. I, that I was needed hoping to, be solved to somewhere see somewhere a cool yeah. fight scene. Yeah, I agree. I know you're so right. I'm so sorry. But I, just, <laughs> but I just see it. I just see it. Like, they couldn't have done anything with him. Like, he needed to just be a bit they, shit.
0: But they could have done. I think they could have made a cool fight scene there. But they Fair didn't. enough. But- I, I, I'm going to say one positive thing that I, granted, I love the first fight scene between Black Widow and yeah. uh, Taskmaster. I'm going to say really another positive. Actually, I'm going to say a negative and a positive. A negative is, which ties into the positive, Black uh, Taskmaster had that really cool backpack that suddenly yeah. she kept drawing swords out. She drew that bow out of, and for someone who's meant to copy of the Avengers style. She barely uses the sword, she uses the bow, which then, oh cool, that's Hawkeye, uses it once. Once in the whole film to blow up one car. But, I thought that was freaking awesome. I was like, oh was shit, cool. they got a really fucking cool backpack where they can just draw a multitude of weapons. Got the shield, got the sword, got the but bow, Henry, got the claws. Henry, and I was just like, Fuck, that that's cool. The,
1: that's the problem, is that if they were going to keep using that, that would have solved all her problems. Do you see what I'm saying, right? She would have been a DLC
0: character. They are oh. until the reveal that it's not the taskmaster we were expecting. I thought, oh, this is so cool. We got such an array of weapons. Got the sword. Got the shield. Got the bow. We're going to see such a cool taskmaster in the future. And then they're just like, uh, nah, yeah, we're nah, gonna nah, nah, no, we're not going to fucking bother with that this shit, anymore. Shit, gal. <laughs> exactly.
1: Oh yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. Right, bloody hell. Uh, I have actually one more point. It's my last point I want to make. My very last point. When Guardians of the Galaxy arrived, they brought in 80s music. They brought in a new style of filming. um, Dude, you're literally going back to our
0: last episode where we we talked about, I think we were talking about Marvel films. And because recently a Guardians of the Galaxy um, game has been announced by Square Enix. And, controversially, I said, I said I actually think Guardians of the Galaxy 1 is actually one of the worst Marvel films. What do you, what's your take on that?
1: I think my silence speaks for itself. I think you're wrong. And I think the intro to Guardians of the Galaxy was mental.
0: Okay, okay. Right. Wh- why was... do you like Guardians of the Galaxy? The okay, film? why
1: do I like Guardians of the Galaxy, the film? Character. I like Guardians of the Galaxy, the first film, because it was the first film from the MCU universe that included such a diverse range of places, people and characters, that set the scene for a plethora of other universes. Like the Nova Corps. Like, Nova. Literally, both of the Zendar and the Kree Empires and all that that ensues. It, it has it... infinite, infinite choices.
0: Can, can I cut it, in? Like, No. You asked no, no, me, no, I'm, no, you. I'm I'm cutting in because it's a positive. Go on, tell me. Thank God you've said that, because you are the actual first person I've met who has come in with a really good, positive reason why Guardian of the Galaxy you is gonna, so were good. Were you
1: hoping that I was going to say, because the music's nice? Thank you. Thank Fucking you, hell. No right, okay. The music was amazing, but it's not just about the music. It's what Thank the music.
0: Thank you, It's
1: it's what the music. everyone it
0: says the, it's like oh you got to watch Guardians of the Galaxy. You gotta, why? Oh fucking dude! The soundtrack the is music, so good.
1: Like no one. The music okay. is
0: so good. So I watch it. Yeah, the music's so good, but the story is very generic. The bad guy, not very interesting. Okay, the action, ro-
1: it's good. The Roland bad guy. I weak. Sorry, but yeah. it, uh, there was no need to have him as some but, weird satanic, but, but, but that's, black that's bathing the thing. man.
0: Everyone right. hyped it up so much, but when I say why, they'd say the music. I was like, okay, okay. and the right music. Can we pause music, on music because I, I need music. to
1: talk about the music? Just pause. I'm really sorry, but bear with me. The music. We need to acknowledge how important that is, though, for the MC universe. That was a that was a literal turning point in the MC universe, and it made for far better films later on. They. Mm. They realized that the music that they included could be humorous. I know, Gasp. And the. the
0: uh, uh, Iron Man 2, where they used ACDC,
1: which was. Man, sick. no, that's. No, nah, we've done that. We've been there. We've had that. It seems normal. That seems normal. ACDC, AC/DC seems DC normal. It is sick, though. It nah, is good. I'm not I saying it's. Lo- not. I fucking love it, those scenes. But it seems normal. Like, it seems like something that I'd see down there, down Like, that just seems. <laughs> normal like i'm sorry but it just does anyway the music humorous quirky diverse in a way that we've never seen before and that brought in a new style not just the music itself but it's the style that it brought of having uh take the piss out yourself uh ridiculousness you know like we're not taking ourselves too seriously like the films from garlings of galaxy in my humble opinion went up in quality level and i think the music had a huge part to play because of how they tried new things, I, I, I think that's why. You know, like, they, they tried something new in Guardians of the Galaxy, and that's why Guardians of the Galaxy was so effective, was because they tried something new. The music, yes, but also the humour, the scenes, the space, you know, the DLC characters, you know what I mean, right? It, anyway, mm. yeah. My my point was, Guardians of the Galaxy made for a richer Marvel Universe, as the link that I've found, and, and also quotes. But... Other TV shows have done so as well. For example, Division, And I think also this. I think this brings a new aspect to the MCU universe that wouldn't have been touched on. And I'm very excited to see where they imagine the next series of films to go because of how effective branching out into other cultures were. Sourcing other heroes that aren't as well known from different eras mm continents you know without just going let's outsource this smart man to be well, I,
0: I, I mean we've got shang chi coming up who's the first oh, yeah, yeah. giant i'm not gonna lie i've seen the trailers for that i uh, granted the first one i thought was a bit cgi heavy but i'm actually really excited because of the martial arts the kung fu totally it agree. really reminds those old like kung fu films i was like i'm actually really hyped for shang chi shang chi yeah, yeah. sorry
1: i i agree i totally agree
0: well i'm go- i'm going to have to go and what rewatch uh, Guardians of the Galaxy now cuz you made a very good point granted i it's still it's not my favorite still not my favorite marvel film but i'm going to go rewatch it cuz i think you made some good points but god we've covered we've covered, Steam, out, we've covered, we've covered everything we've, haven't we <laughs> dude, we've almost been going for we got gone over for 2 hours you're going to have to
1: edit the shit out of the this
0: <laughs> but I don't really want to say anymore more because we've been going on for so long. You're going to have to do work, actual work, to make this happen. <laughs> this is, is going to take sorry. me four hours to edit. I'll send you f- some funny clips and you can put them on the, your gaming channel. to uh, oh, I'd really some funny appreciate bloopers.
1: that if you wouldn't mind. I'd really appreciate
0: that. <laughs> uh, and promote the podcast for me. <laughs> of course, promote the podcast. Uh, but anyway, uh, Tom, any last bits you'd like to say your, about your channel or any bits about the podcast or anything you'd just like to finish with
1: yes actually i would so night duty west end by david O'Kane is now uh, 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 available to be purchased pre-purchased on amazon i will put um, the
0: uh, link in the description of the podcast we are hoping to get david on the podcast i don't know when it will be but i'm really hoping that we will and we are looking forward to it so david please contact me when you're available for a podcast session Right, Tom, you said you had a quote for us. Oh. I ha- I have one actually prepared from the book, but you said you had a- another quote. So you go first, if you're ready.
1: I, I I I had it I had it with me, but um you're gonna have to cut oh, this. D- would you
0: like me to go first? Uh
1: yeah, yeah, you go first, yeah.
0: Okay, so this is a quote from Night U T West End by David O'Kane. Another plug there. Uh God, friend of the family, but I absolutely <laughs> love. I, I I love this. I love this line that your dad wrote here. I don't know. It just. I think it just. It's really fitting. Well, not. I think it just. I just think it fits with life in a way that the past shaped the future, but the present was also important. And I think that is a really good message.
1: That is a lovely
0: message. Yeah, fair enough. That you life. Uh, I, I, I've mentioned this on previous podcasts. I'm reading a lot about philosophy and mindfulness. And I don't know. That's just just something I enjoy reading about. And I know other Tom. He's much more fiction focused. But I enjoy a good balance of fiction, nonfiction. And I've delved into philosophy and stoicism and everything. But I just love that. Just learn to focus on the present. Just you're alive. What is the chances of that? You're alive. You're if you're if you're living in the UK, America, Europe, usually yep, your life's pretty quite good. you quite well off, aren't you?
1: Yeah, Western world, I'd say yeah. so.
0: Western world just fucking focus. You're alive.
1: So within within context, this is Kath uh summarising after the end of a chapter. And she's talking about uh what makes a police officer now, uh the differences between now and then. They uh they were now officers who held degrees and higher, as well as those who did not. There would always still no doubt be officers who reduced the job to a tool to get money, sex, or control over others. But all the while there were also officers calmly going about their jobs, the real heroes. They were the incorruptible ones. I thought that was a really nice a really no. nice extract. I,
0: I read I remember reading that section. I really enjoyed that as well. It's just like the you're like people are there to do a job to protect people to go, do the best that they can for society and i really enjoyed yep. that line as well yep. preach all right thank you very much for joining us on this episode of words over whiskey i hope you enjoyed thank you very much for my first ever guest tom at the green wheel i absolutely loved this episode having my first guest on been a while it's something i've dreamed for for this podcast i'm hoping to get other guests on the future like david O'Kane, so we can talk about his book and other guests of mine who i think will provide fantastic book recommendations and fantastic discussions but any closing words tom or are you just happy to leave it there i just thank you very much for having me on
1: no i've just Uh, loved it uh, i think it's been it's been two and a half hours a reason i think (laughs)
0: i think i think a bit after editing it should hopefully be a bit less than (sighs) that thank you so much for joining me i've really enjoyed this Uh, now down to the edit that's gonna be fun uh (laughs) cheers and we will see you guys next time bye for now